Hi, welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. On this podcast, we talk about stress, trauma, plain old bad days, and how those events impact the way in which we walk through the world. Everyone needs to be heard, and I am here to listen. Together, we will find realistic, healthy ways to turn our setback into a comeback. If you're a person who has ever endured difficult times, which have left you feeling disconnected from your authentic self, a little bruised, or even a little broken, this podcast is for you. Hi, everybody. This is Victoria English Martin. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of After the Crisis with Victoria. So we are in some very crazy times, very uncertain times, unprecedented in our lifetime. And I was praying about whom I should interview during this precarious time, because I always like to talk about heavy subjects, but also provide hope and some resources for whatever we're going through. And I came across Darlene Garcia, and she is a grief recovery specialist. And we're going to talk today about what led Darlene down this path. What is a grief recovery specialist? How does that differ from a grief counselor? And also talk a little bit about how what Darlene does can help us as we face such a scary time. That's the word. It's just scary on every level. So I'll tell you just a little bit about Darlene and then let her take it from there. But Darlene suffered a horrible loss in 2015 when her husband, Frank, suddenly died in a tragic motorcycle accident. Frank's death sent her into a spiral of darkness that led to isolation, fear, and so many other overwhelming emotions. She felt completely out of control. She desperately sought help from all directions, including her faith in God, joining a widow support group, and seeing a psychologist for two months. Nothing or no one could help her find the relief from her pain that she needed. She almost lost hope of finding light and joy again until she was introduced to the Grief Recovery Institute's website by a friend. None of the workshops she found were offered in Guam, where she lived at the time. In her desperation to make sense of the overwhelming feelings of grief that constantly consumed her, she signed up for the first workshop she could schedule and was off to Austin, Texas. After taking the Grief Recovery Method workshop, she finally saw a spark of light and believed in joy and hope again. That was the start of a purposeful journey that she immediately embraced and six months later became certified as a grief recovery specialist. Darlene is currently an advanced specialist and delivers the grief recovery method through the online program and the two-day personal workshops, not just in Guam, but around the globe. She is a global speaker, passionate about giving grief a voice, and a life coach with a focus on self-love. This allows her to continue to help grievers move from recovery to discovery. Walking this journey as a widow by teaching the recovery method continues to allow Darlene to honor her husband's memory while helping others heal and find purpose and meaning in their own lives. Sometimes these bios can be hard to read. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Brings back um, some really deep emotions. Yes. Right. Or even for the person reading it, you know, they're they're almost like walking mm. that journey right alongside yes. the person yes. that, that they're reading the bio of. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start by saying 
that I'm sorry about the loss of your husband, Frank. And I can only imagine how proud he is of you for what you're doing, for taking your tragedy and paying it forward to help others. So thank you for being here. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about what you are, what it is that you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, gosh, you know, I can talk about grief all day. Like it's a very untouched subject and not one that many are willing or comfortable to talk about. But for myself, I have this huge passion and I like to tell people that I have this very deep relationship with grief Mm -hmm. because I've learned so much like the wisdom that I learned from my own internal grief and then the continuous learning as I help my clients go through their own journey. I learn something all the time Mm. about human emotion and about what it feels, what uncomfortableness feels like for each of us as individuals how we have a unified walk when it comes to grief, Mm. yet we're all unique in our grief experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, and so sometimes that can be confusing for someone because it's like, yes, I can relate, but I have no idea what you're really feeling, Mm -hmm. right? And so as a grief recovery specialist, I've had not only the opportunity to experience it for myself because of my own personal loss, but now that I'm certified, I have an even deeper sense of what it means to heal and recover. Like I never thought that you could actually recover from grief. I didn't even think that that was possible. Right. Right. And so I'm, I'm here now in this place of so much wisdom that would be so selfish of me to hold it in mm-hmm. and not share it with the world. So yes. that everyone else that is suffering a loss, because we all do, mm-hmm. um, can benefit from the method that I teach. And, you know, earlier when we were talking, I had mentioned that sometimes people introduce me to someone and they'll say, oh, my friend Darlene is a grief counselor. And so when I get in touch with them, they're like, oh, you know, my friend has asked me to reach out to you. They said you're a grief counselor. This is what I'm going through. And so, you know, before we even begin the conversation, I always say, just so we're clear, I am not a grief counselor. Um, Counselors um, have a license and um, I'm different. Uh, I am a specialist. I'm certified. So those are one of the two differences that uh, are between a grief counselor and a grief recovery specialist. The other part is our methodology is completely different. From a grief recovery method perspective, we look at ourselves as teachers. We educate mm on the meaning of grief Mm. so that we can give you then these tools and it's action-based so that you can use it throughout your life. We also look at ourselves as heart healers. A lot of times mental health professionals, such as a grief counselor, come from a mental perspective. We come from an emotional perspective. And so that's a huge difference in our methodologies, I think, alone is that piece. Mm -hmm. And I also realized through my own personal experience that dealing with your grief from an intellectual perspective doesn't help, which is why every time I went and did all these other things with people, everyone was trying to tell me how to feel. Mm. or telling me to minimize how I feel, or telling me to compare my feelings with others. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of those things brought me to a place of isolation. 
Yes. Because it didn't feel good. So just, I felt like I was wasting my time talking to someone else about how I feel. And I realized very early on in my own grief journey that no one gets it. No one understands. No one will ever understand. Mm -hmm. And which is where I, you know, almost lost hope until I found, found the grief recovery method. And so we practice and we share and we encourage people to understand that we do not judge mm -hmm. ourselves or others. We will never tell you how to feel. Mm -hmm. Your feelings are yours alone to acknowledge and experience. And then we walk you through in a very safe environment, this mm -hmm. method that takes you to a deep place of transformation and healing. It's remarkable. Every time I do it, even if it's on myself, it, mm -hmm. I, it brings me back to this validation of, man, this method is magic. You know, it, it's just, beautiful. It, yeah, it's magic. It just, it helps in many different aspects of your life. And, mm -hmm. you know, loss is so much more than just the loss of a loved one that has died. Yeah. And although that was what brought me to the method, I've had many clients that have come to me for other reasons. I was about to ask you that. Can you give me some examples? Yeah. So, you know, uh, trauma is a big one. A lot of people don't associate trauma with grief. Trauma as in, you know, rape, some sort of sexual assault, mm -hmm. physical abuse, mm -hmm. even losses like loss of finances. Mm -hmm. People lose their pets and their grief is minimized because a lot of other people who don't look to pets as family are going to minimize a person that did lose their pet, minimize their grief and say, oh, you can go and buy another dog or you can go buy another cat. Right. And not realizing that that cat or that dog was family to this individual. And yes. they sometimes hurt more from losing their pet than losing a human being. Yes. Right. And so the depth of someone's grief is so different and it's their scale alone uh, to be able to acknowledge and feel. Yes. And divorce is another one, you know, relationship breakups. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even loss of identity. So those, some of those intangible losses mm -hmm. that people carry around every single day. Yes. Don't realize that those losses are grief. Yes. And so to be able to have all of the different life events mm -hmm. that bring people to my workshop validates not only to me, but to everybody that's there that I'm not alone in this world, mm -hmm. but I am, mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense, right? It's yeah. like I, I'm, I'm not alone because everyone suffers grief, but I'm alone because my grief is unique to me. Yes. And sometimes that is enough to shift you into a place of deep isolation. Absolutely. Yes, I love what you're saying. And I do find as people suffer a loss of any type, that there is so much internal shaming about it, because they're thinking, well, yes. at least this didn't happen, or at least I'm mm -hmm. still alive, or at least right. what happened to me isn't as bad as what happened to so and so. And right. we have this expectation of ourselves to be okay. And mm -hmm. you know, as you know, that was the biggest catalyst for the creation of my podcast was when yeah. I came out of cancer treatment. It was like people saw me ring the bell and everything, you know, yay, she beat it. And I that's when I fell apart because I did not know how to grieve what had happened to me. The the, you know, grieve the loss of body parts, grieve the 
complete transformation of my world. And I shamed myself about it because I thought, well, I'm alive. I should be kicking my heels up. And it takes a lot of honesty. And I love what you said about working from here up, you know, from the neck up. It wasn't until I was able to get very vulnerable with very trusted therapists, counselors to go really, really deep and go into that healing process. And it has been transformational. Yeah. I have a question. I'm not familiar with all the stages of grief. I can't name them off the top of my head, but you know, we all know there's the denial and the anger and things like that. In your experience, do you notice that people, if they're not going through this healthy healing recovery method, do you notice people kind of get stuck in certain stages? And if they do, what does that look like on the outside? Uh, You know, you mentioned isolation. Can you Mm -hmm. speak a little bit to that grief process? Sure. So first, I just want to clarify that there are no stages of grief. Hmm. So Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who came up with the stages of grief, was really around the studies of terminally ill patients. And so the journey of someone that has a disease or a health condition that is terminal, that they have this window of living, and they go through these stages of denial and anger and sadness. And so she's an amazing woman. Her study was absolutely phenomenal, but there were so many experts out there that extracted what she took and took it to this space of now grieving people. The general population. Right. Oh, isn't that something? I never knew that. Yeah. And so then people now misunderstood grief even more. And I didn't know this either until my husband died. In fact, you know, I never really paid attention to the stages of grief because again, you know, I lived in a world where even though I have experienced the loss of loved ones, we were never taught to deal with those emotions right. and to just keep moving through life. Mm-hmm. And they're in a better place. They're yes, with God now yes. and all of these different things. And so instead of having what people call the stages of grief in the grief recovery method, we have what we call the myths or the misinformation of grief. And there's six of them that we have identified. The Grief Recovery Institute did a study and interviewed thousands of grievers across Mm -hmm. the globe and came up with six common myths or misinformation that it didn't matter what walk of life, what culture, what country you were from, Mm -hmm. how old you were, we all believed in the same thing. And you talked about one of them, right, is the whole isolation thing. And that's because as human beings, we're taught to grieve alone. Yes. It's uncomfortable. You're making me uncomfortable when you cry. Right. Uh, You're making me uncomfortable to talk about these feelings that I don't know how to fix you. And everyone thinks that they need to fix you. And grievers don't need to be fixed, right? They just need to be heard. They just need to be heard. Yes. Yes. They just need to be heard. And so grieving alone is a huge myth of grief. We all tend to isolate. The other one is be strong. This one was the biggest one for me. I believed this. Because in my world as an islander, as a female islander, Mm -hmm. we were taught to be strong women. That was part of being an island girl Mm -hmm. was you were strong. You, You were the heart of your home. You 
did everything that you could to hold your family together. So you needed to just gather up all this strength, right? Mm. And in my family, it was a lot about shame, right? Let's not, you know, make, put our family to shame. Yes. You pick yourself up, wash your face, get out there and greet your guests because everyone's here Mm. to give their condolences. Don't embarrass us by staying in the house and not greeting people and making everyone feel uncomfortable that they're here to see you and you're not coming outside to greet them. So now I'm not a griever anymore. I'm a host. You're a host. (laughs) I'm a host, right? And we go through this mourning process in Guam for nine days as Catholics. We mourn our dead for nine days before we bury them. And so for nine days, people were coming to my house every single day, hundreds at a time. And I'm having to pick myself up again. Right. And be strong and, you know, be the hostess of the mostest. Make sure everyone has a drink and something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. People yeah. are crying and giving me their condolences. And I have to be strong and console them. And you're making them like, feel How better. backwards is that, yes, right? Right. But I believe that this is what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the other thing was make Frank proud. Make Frank proud. And of course, so that's, that was my mindset is I'm going to make my husband proud, right? I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be strong and I'm going to do this for him. But inside I was dying little by little, every single moment. I can only imagine. Oh, so be strong, grieve alone. The other one is time heals. You've heard that, right? Of course. It just takes time. I felt like every single day that went on, it got worse and worse. Like, I don't know how time was doing any justice to Mm -hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so that one, I didn't believe ever. As soon as he died, I was like, every single day that passed, every single day that he was no longer with me, it felt worse and worse. So I didn't believe in time heals, but a lot of people did. And that was the comfort words that they thought they were giving me. Just give it time, baby girl. Mm. You'll be okay in time. The other myth is don't feel bad, right? We are predominantly Catholic in Guam. So for us, it's don't feel bad. He's not suffering. Don't feel bad. He's with God right? Give it up to God. Don't feel bad. It's okay. Mm. So that's another thing is we learned that in society is don't you, you mentioned earlier, someone else suffered worse than you. It could have been worse. Darling. Yes. It could have been worse and he could have been sitting there suffering, but you know what? He had a head trauma and he died instantly. So don't feel bad because he didn't suffer. Right. 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 And so these are things that people would say to you. They intellectualize your grieving process and none of it makes you feel good. The other one is keep busy. Right? Yeah. Keep busy. It'll be okay. Just go out there. Go back to work. You'll feel better. Yeah. And what I always tell my clients is when you keep busy, it helps for that moment, mm-hmm. for the eight hours, the 10 hours that you're at work. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you come home, guess what? Your grief is waiting for you right there on the couch. Yep. As soon as you walk in, it's there in your face. Mm -hmm. So all keeping busy does is it prolongs your ability to heal. Yes. Right. It prolongs your ability to heal. Tell me a little bit about what that was like for you when you went through the process. You said you went to a workshop Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that you saw a possibility for some joy and light in your life again. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, let me just say that when I first went, I didn't go believing that I would find hope and light. I went because I felt like this was the group, the facilitator, the teacher, whatever they were, that was going to teach me how to control 
my human emotion that was spinning Uh, out of control. Okay. I believed in my mind and in my heart that I would never be happy again. I had lost my soulmate, the love of my life. No one could tell me and make me believe that I will find joy and happiness. And so it was just, I can't control these human emotions. They're spinning out of control. I feel like I've lost myself. I just need some way to say emotions, leave me alone, stop it. Put them in a compartment and put it on the shelf. Yeah. Yep. And so that's what I thought that they were going to do for me. Oh my gosh. And I remember walking into this workshop and that's exactly what I said when I introduced (laughs) myself. I said, I know this is called a grief recovery method workshop, but I'm not here to recover. I just want you to know. I'm not here to recover. <laughs> okay. And they all kind of looked at me like, then why are you here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that look on their face. And I said, I just need you to teach me how to control these human emotions that are spinning out of control because I don't like how it's making me feel. Mm. And my facilitator, I love her to death. Her and I are really good friends today. And she looked at me for a few seconds with these amazing, compassionate, loving eyes. And she said, Darlene, will you at least be open to the possibility? Those words stuck with me. And I continue to use that whenever clients bring barriers on why they don't think this is going to work for them. When she said, Will you at least be open to the possibility? My walls came down. Even though I still had it in my head that I wasn't, you know, going to be healed, I was like, Okay, I'll be open to whatever it is you're going to teach me. I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, it was super amazing. And every lesson that she went through throughout the, and imagine this was two and a half days of going through dealing with my emotional junk. Wow. Two and a half days of just intense work. (laughs) And, but I needed it, you know, I needed it. And I was one of those students that kept asking questions like, but what about this? But what about that? You know, and it's just like, I thought she was going to wring my neck, you know, (laughs) this is not helping this girl. But, um, (laughs) but at the end of all of it, I think I probably grasped the most out of the concepts and the Mm -hmm. method. Yeah. And in the end, I started to understand why I had so much barriers of believing that I could find joy and hope again. Mm -hmm. It's this belief system that we all have a belief system that we have learned throughout our entire life since we were children. Mm -hmm. And it's a belief system that is hard to get rid of until someone gives you new ways to believe in something that you believe is going to be true and right for you. And that's what the grief recovery method did for me. It gave me another way to look at my human emotions, at my grief, at my relationship with my husband, at all the losses Mm -hmm. that I had in my life. So imagine I walk in here thinking she's going to help me with the death of my husband. But then we opened up everything. Mm -hmm. Like my whole life was exposed. And I realized that I had losses that affected my belief system Mm -hmm. ever since I was a child. Mm -hmm. The be strong was one of them. Yes. Right. The grieve alone was another one those things were embedded in my belief system since I was a child, right? Go to your room. I don't want to see that look on your face. Don't come out until you're ready to talk to us and not throw tantrum. Put a smile on your face again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that tells you that your human emotions, other than joy and happiness, excitement, anything positive is not anything that you should be feeling or or even sharing, right? right, With anyone else. So go do it alone. Mm. Go do it alone. Right. 
or if I cried about something, whether I'm coming home and crying because some girl, you know, made me sad in school or hurt my feelings. It's like, oh, you know what? It's fine. You're strong. Yeah. You could deal with it. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could deal with it. The other, the other myth of that too, is like replace the loss, right? You, people tell us that replace the loss. Don't, you know what? Just go find other friends. There's a lot of girls in school. Yeah. You don't need her. You don't need her. There's, I'm sure there's other girls out there that would want to be your friend. Suck it up. Right. Right. So they teach you to replace the loss. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at it from the stages of grief, we now bring our grievers to this place of understanding what are the misinformations or the myths of grief mm -hmm. that you need to look at and reflect back on your life and your belief system. So then we can take those beliefs and shift it to a new belief system, mm -hmm. understanding that those things no longer serve you, right? Those things no longer work, especially if you are trying to get to a place of healing and recovery yes. from whatever losses that you're experiencing or have experienced yeah. in your life. I, yeah. I, I really appreciate what you said about, you know, getting rid of things that are no longer serving us, but we have to have something better in place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't just get rid of it. You don't it. just get rid of <laughs> it's it. Got, yeah. It's like you yeah. got this, you know, rusty old toolbox that you've been using your mm -hmm. whole life. And then, oh, that doesn't work. Okay, well, what am I supposed to use then? <laughs> right, exactly. So you continue to use those yes. old rusty tools until you find something that is more effective. That's more right? effective. That's yeah. a great way to put it. So when I read your post the other day, and I, I was trying to find it, but you said something that I really struck a chord with me. And I think will strike a chord with our listeners, but you mentioned, you know, in this such an uncertain time here in our country, in the world, nothing like we've ever seen. You said something very compelling and you said, the world is grieving. And so as a grief recovery specialist, tell me what you're observing in the world and just a couple of takeaways. Sure. So the reason why I believe that the world is grieving is because of how we define grief from a grief recovery method perspective. So we have three different definitions. I think I mentioned two in my post and then the Grief Recovery Institute had uh, reminded me of one more that, that we use in our method. So the first one is a very, very common one where grief is a normal and natural emotional reaction to loss of any kind, mm -hmm. right? Of any, and that the keyword there is any kind. So I mentioned some of those examples earlier, right? The other one that really resonates with our world today is grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. Mm. So when you look at the shift that dramatically has changed the world, social distancing, remote working, mm -hmm. loss of finances, you know, those are maybe like the top of what people are going through mm -hmm. today. I'm sure there's so many others. But in those spaces, we now have gone from a familiar place to an unfamiliar place. Mm -hmm. We went from this huge dynamic of changes and ends to things, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a lot of conflicting feelings in the world. There is fear, there is anger, there is 
loss of trust in leaders and even the doctors that first discovered this virus. Yeah. Loss of trust in China and you know people blaming China mm-hmm. because it came from there. Mm-hmm. Loss of trust because there's so much misinformation that is going out on the internet today, yes. and people are passing it around like it's hotcakes. Yes, and so what do you believe? Right. What do you believe? And so now we've got this loss of trust because I don't know what information is credible, and it's changing on the hour sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the last definition is reaching for something. That has always been there, only to find that when you're reaching for it one more time, it's no longer there,、mm. right? And so when you think about the things that we're reaching for, the things that we're so used to, getting in our car, dropping our kids to school, meeting up with our friends at the gym, going out and having you know coffee、uh, with coworkers or meetings or whatever,、mm-hmm. like. All the things that we are used to grabbing, we cannot do that anymore. Even touch, yes, right. The simple thing of human connection by physical touch,、mm-hmm. a handshake, a hug,、mm-hmm. we can't even do that. I know. In our world today, yeah. And so, when you look at all of that, it, these are maybe some are subtle losses, but some are extreme losses. And how are we dealing with it as a human race?、Mm-hmm. Right, everyone is dealing with it in different ways. Some are relatable to others. I do believe that we do share in the fact that we are all grieving. But like I mentioned earlier, grief is so unique to each of us.、Mm-hmm. And so, how we're dealing with the world crisis today is unique in all of the human emotions that we feel. So, you and I could sit here and relate and go, yes, this, this, this is happening. But what I feel inside and what you feel inside are two different things.、Right. Even if you feel fear and I feel fear, the magnitude of your fear or what's causing your fear、yes. is different、mm-hmm. from mine.、Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the things that I, you know, I really would love for people to understand is we shouldn't judge each other. No. And how we're feeling, we shouldn't judge ourselves. Right. In how we're feeling. Because it affects all of us, it impacts us in so many different ways, and to minimize and judge the way we feel doesn't help us in this world crisis. No. And so, you know, those are some of the really big reasons why I posted that on my social media platforms was to help people understand、mm-hmm. that we are a grieving human race in this world today. Yes, that was a beautiful post, and it really touched me and. I enjoyed your suggestions, and you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about self care,、mm-hmm. and people so so often think of self care as oh, I'll go get a mani pedi, I'll get a massage, I'll you know whatever treat you like to give yourself, and now those things are gone. So, what is self care? We have to go more internal, and、yes. I think you were talking about taking care of yourself and. Praying, meditating, breathing—things like that. We don't have the. All of us, we, our roots are growing out. <laughs> you know, we don't.、Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't have any of those.、Uh, the armor, you know, to to kind of put on and say, "Oh, I'm going to go get a massage and just zone out for a while," or I'll、mm-hmm. just let someone do my feet and hands, get my hair done. I'll feel better once I have you know freshly colored hair. We don't have those things. So, 
everybody is, you know, we're kind of at a crossroads. You're either going to numb out in perhaps an unhealthy way, or you're going to embrace this and go inside and be with yourself. And that can be really uncomfortable. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. So one of the things that we teach in our grief recovery method is that when your heart is broken, your head doesn't work right. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to talk a little bit about what you just said Mm -hmm. about how we don't know how to do all of these things that we, you know, we have to do. It has to come from inside or we have to get creative. But how do you get creative and how do you dig deeper when all you're looking at is all these crazy things that are going out on the internet, watching the numbers rise in your town, in your Mm -hmm. country, in your city, around the globe, and then just this panic and fear continues to increase inside of you. How are you able to deal and just wrap your head around all of Mm -hmm. it if you keep focusing on those things, right? right? And so grief is all about a broken heart right? Mm -hmm. And people don't really look at it that way. But Mm -hmm. it truly is. Mm -hmm. Because everything that comes from an emotional place is felt in the heart. Mm -hmm. And so your heart is broken when you lose something, your heart is broken when something changes in your life, your heart is broken when you have fear and panic and confusion and overwhelming stress and all of these things that all leads to broken hearts. Mm -hmm. But no one really ever associates it to that. Mm -hmm. When you put it in that perspective, when you put it in in what I did the other day when I said the world is grieving, then now people can take a step back and look at their circumstances and go, okay, I have a broken heart. I'm not able to process anything that I am going through in my life, Mm -hmm. let alone trying to keep the chaos from going on in my home. Mm -hmm. You've got little kids keeping people from being bored Mm -hmm. of each other, like human connection, right? It's like we were so used to like, oh, let's just text each other. We don't get on a phone call or we sometimes don't even have human conversations in our own homes. And so now you're stuck with these human beings <laughs> that you love, but you're just, you're just uncomfortable. It's right. like, okay, what do we talk about now? Right. right? You know what? I'm just going to go to my iPad or I'm just going to go to my phone and I'm just going to go surf the internet mm-hmm. or I'm going to watch Netflix all day because I don't know how to have conversations anymore. Mm-hmm. That's literally what the world has got to, right? Yeah. I mean, we have literally gotten to a place where we're so used to texting. That is the form of communication. Mm-hmm. And so doing this now, or what about the remote work? That is a huge shift for for companies and employees to have to work in that manner. And it's like, what is Zoom? How do I get on Zoom? (laughs) How does this work? Who talks first? Oh my God, you're going to look at me and, and, you know, I'm not dressed up. I'm not, you know, we're used to getting up and getting ready for work. And then now we're at home. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go on Zoom in my pajamas. Some people are okay with that. Others are not. And so now we're shifted into this place of unfamiliarity, uncomfortableness, and so again, it all leads to that grief feelings and then the broken heart now stems in. And so now we can't even think of creative ideas to deal with our own current situations. Right. And so if we just focus. So like those tips that I gave, those are great tips for people to use. But I really believe that first you have to acknowledge mm-hmm. the space that you're in right now. I'm scared of this. Mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed about this. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed about this. I'm angry about this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, acknowledge those feelings. Let those feelings have a voice. Right. You know, hopefully you've got someone that you can talk to and share your feelings with and vice versa. 
without judging each other or telling each other Mm -hmm. how you should feel. Yes. In grief recovery, we call this a heart with ears. And what that means is that you allow someone to just be there for you Mm -hmm. without offering anything. If you're crying and they want to cry with you because they feel, you know, they can feel your pain, Mm -hmm. then that's okay to cry. Right. If you're sharing something that makes you laugh a little bit and, you know, you feel that little bit of joy that they're talking about, it's okay to laugh with them. Yes. But we never offer words. And you know how hard that is for a human being to do? It's so Because we are already in our heads thinking, how do I fix her? Solutions. Yes. How do I fix her? She's Mm -hmm. telling me this. Okay, I need to think of something to tell her to make her feel better. Yes. But when we give our clients this exercise of being a heart with ears, in the beginning, it it is a tough exercise. But as we practice it and we go through it, guess what it does? It takes a huge weight off the shoulders of the listener. Because now we can be truly present and listen without having trying to come up with a solution. Yes, because like you said, people just want to be heard. Right. They yeah. just want to be heard. And that's yeah. that's why I have this podcast so that people can come on and share their stories, share yeah. their trauma, share their crises, and just be heard. And yeah. I'm in a support group with some other girlfriends, and we have a little thing where we'll put our hands together in a mm. heart shape and mm-hmm. hold hold it over our heart. And I that's our it. way of saying, I'm holding space for you. I love it. We it's, use that a lot. It's so great. You. Yes. I'm just holding space. I, I promise I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm not going to judge mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to overblow it or minimize it. I'm just holding space. And people, right. it's amazing what that little action can do yeah. for somebody right. because they come out and they say, oh, it feels better because yeah. you got it out. It's not as big and scary. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is, it feels good for the person that's releasing Yes, what they need to release. And it feels good for the person that's listening because now they're not having to feel like they need to fix well, exactly. them or offer a solution that they, they're not sure if it's the right one. Right. Because sometimes, you know, when we're in that fix it mode, we can get overwhelmed by yeah. our friend's situation and think, oh my yeah. God, I've got to make this better. I've got to make this better. Yeah. That's not what they need. They just need someone to listen. Right, right. This has been an amazing conversation. I've really, really <laughs> appreciate it. You, you are full of a lot of wisdom. So you did mention in your bio that you work with people all around the globe. So right. people can find you and work with you remotely. Thankfully, yeah. especially I this, know, this day I know. and age. Can you tell us where people can find out more about you? Yeah, so I have a website. It's darlenegarcia.org. So really simple to find. But I'm also on LinkedIn, um, on Facebook, on Instagram, and it's all my name, Darlene Garcia. Okay. And yeah, and you know, it is tough sometimes to do grief recovery work online. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I just need to be clear about that. It's not always easy for someone, but then for others, it feels safer. So, you know, everyone is different. Yes. As a grief recovery specialist, I find more passion and joy in doing it in person mm-hmm. um, because I love hugs. Yes, me too. I miss <laughs> hugs. I love hugs. Um, <laughs> and so I'm missing that in helping people. But I'm also realizing that being able to help people online virtually is at this time right now that we're going through mm-hmm. in, in the world is amazing. Yes. And, um, and so I'm super embracing it, um, because I know that people need this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, in fact, I've opened up my calendar a little bit more. I don't, you know, be pre coronavirus. I didn't take on very many online clients. Mm-hmm. 
because I like to do the the two day workshops. That mm-hmm. was where I, mm-hmm. I felt like I thrived more. Yes. But you know, it's one of those things where I had to change my mindset. Yes. And then be creative with how mm-hmm. I could still serve. Yes. Right. And so I then said, okay, I'm going to open up my calendar even more now mm-hmm. to online clients versus before where I just, I had such a small window to take yes. clients online because yeah. it was like, I'd prefer that you come to my workshop. I'm yes. going to be here yeah. Yeah. during this month or I'm going to be here in this month. Right. And so now it's like, okay, my calendar is literally wide open. I'm going, yeah. okay, I'm just going to open up everything in my calendar to be able to help all time zones. Yes. Um, so like the other day I was up at like, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Another day I got up at six in the morning, you know, to be able to just connect yes. with people around the globe. Yeah. And it's okay, you know, because we're at a time in life where sometimes those sacrifices need to be made in order to be able to connect and serve. You have a servant's heart. Right. Thank you. You know, before we go, I know we're we're running out of time, but I did want to bring up one other thing because I think a lot of people may be missing some of the, the bigger picture of the world is grieving. And you and I talked a little bit about this in our first mm-hmm. conversation, and it is about all of the losses that people experienced pre-coronavirus. So many people were already suffering from loss of something, yes. whether it be loss of, of health, already suffering loss of finances, yes. maybe going through relationship breakup or mm-hmm. divorce. Maybe their loved one just mm-hmm. died, you know, um, before the coronavirus had nothing to do with coronavirus, but they're still dealing with the death of a mm-hmm. loved one trauma, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the world was still revolving. (laughs) And people were still going through all of these different grief events in their life. And what Coronavirus did was it made people suppress that and push it down. Because now they're only focusing on the pandemic that's going on the world. Mm -hmm. But what I need for people to understand is that it's hard for you to even be able to deal effectively with this pandemic. If you've got other losses that you've suppressed, because Mm -hmm. those human emotions don't go away, you could be doing things to numb it, to ignore it, to suppress it, to Mm self-medicate. But at the end of the day, your heart is super vulnerable. And this pandemic just magnified that 20, 30, 40 times. And so now this broken heart and not having the head to work through Mm -hmm. what the world is going through every single day, it's it's literally changing by the second. Yes. How are you dealing with that? When you've got all of this other stuff that you still need to deal with, Mm -hmm. but you've put it to the side, your heart didn't forget. Right. Your body didn't forget. Your brain may have trained itself yes. to suppress it and do all those mm-hmm. things, but your physical and your emotional parts of you yes. are fighting to keep you from exploding in whatever way that could be. Mm-hmm. And having all of those suppression of human emotion and stress and anxiety and fear only compromises your immune system Yes, so that if you do contract the virus, if you do get sick, mm-hmm. your ability to heal is now compromised exactly because of what you're holding inside. Mm-hmm. So I just like, I really feel like this message needs to get out and urge people to allow those human emotions to flow. It yes. is the healthiest way that you can deal with it. And it's the best thing that you could do for yourself and for the people that you love. It is. It can feel painful, but it's a huge relief. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. This has been awesome. Really, you have so much wisdom and insight. This has been a real honor for me to 
speak with you and learn about your journey. And I honor you and I honor Frank and you're doing a beautiful service in the world. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you for the honor of just being able to share my message and meeting you as well. I mean, your podcast is also, you know, a way to help people to Mm -hmm. get their messages out there, you know, because there's more of me out there as far as being grief recovery specialists. Like there's thousands of us around Mm -hmm. the globe. I'm not the only one. And so, you know, there could be one in your area. Mm -hmm. Not all of us can do the program online. Um, That number is very few, but it doesn't matter though, because even if other specialists are not able to work with you in this moment, they could still be a heart with ears for you. They understand grief at a level that many don't. And so, you know, I want to invite people also to go on the grief recovery method website. Mm -hmm. It's just called the grief recovery method. And you'll find it if you Google the grief recovery method. And you could just even input someone's, uh, put in your zip code and it'll give you names of um, grief recovery specialists in your area. And a lot of them will have their contact information, whether it be a phone number or an email and just reach out to them. Yes. You know, because like I said, even if they can't deliver the method at this moment, because most of them have to do it in person, they could still be a heart with you. Sometimes that's all someone needs. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. And it's a good time to, as we're all watching our finances, it's still a good time to invest in our mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Because right. like I always say, the body keeps the score. And Yeah, um, you are absolutely yep, right with the that. The body keeps the score. And if you don't deal with your stuff, it will deal with you. <laughs> yes, yes yep. for sure. So, you know, again, like I just want to mention, I did open up my calendar, uh, darlenegarcia.org. You know, I would love to work with anybody that is suffering some yes. really deep losses, not just from coronavirus, but pre-coronavirus, mm-hmm. because those are probably even more painful but people are just minimizing it in this moment because of what the world is going through. Yes. But I, I'm here to say that there's, you don't need to minimize it. You need to be able to process it and heal from it. And the grief recovery method is definitely an option that I know works because I use it for myself. Mm-hmm. I continue to use it with all of the losses that I, you know, suffer in my life because I'm human being and yes. I'm going to experience losses as well. And so, you know, being able to walk that talk and validate it, I know that the grief recovery method can help with any loss that anyone is suffering. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Well, thank you again. Stay safe, stay healthy and keep sharing yes. your light. I love your you posts. Too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria. It was a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Sending you a virtual hug. (laughs) Right back at you, honey. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to After the Crisis with Victoria. For more about me, how I can serve your needs, and links to our special guests, please subscribe to this podcast and visit victoriaenglishmartin.com. Also, come on over to our free Facebook group and join our community, After the Crisis with Victoria. I'm offering access to fun, healthy, and thought-provoking content. Additionally, you'll find exclusive programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Until next time, count your blessings, not your burdens. And remember, there is life after the crisis.